Welcome to That Sucks, ladies and gentlemen, a podcast. By Handshake Media. Should we shake hands with today's guests? Yes. Guests? He's got a cup of tea. Which just means my hands are very warm and clammy. <laughs> Mr. Leon Todd on, uh, on lead vocals over here, on lead guest. On lead guest? <laughs> Marvellous. I how, feel like it's a real bad start to the how, pod. No, no, no. It's good. We'll just chop it down. All right. How are you, sir? Wicked. Drinking tea. Drinking hanging with tea. the fellas. The fellas. Mm. Talking about... The punk scene 10 years ago on skateboarding. Oh, marvellous. So, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Leon's a-, a good friend of mine. He plays a little bit of the guitar. Um, tell everybody what you do, Leon. Well, I play a little guitar, and the thing about that little guitar is it's very, very little. <laughs> like a tiny, small guitar. Uh, I play music. I teach music. I talk about music on YouTube, Ooh. which is something which... Occupies a lot of my time. Oh, you got a and, YouTube uh, channel, do you, Leon? Reviewing gear, correct? Reviewing gear, talking about gear, everything, how everything many, the guitar. How many subscribers have you got? Uh, at the moment, something like 26,000. Whoa. It's okay. pretty good. And they all want to hear your two cents. And, yeah, which and is not good advice. That's, that's a poor life choice to take advice from me, but 26,000 people can be wrong. <laughs> Um, Leon and I have known each other for a really long time, so I've recorded all of uh, his band's albums. And what band is that, Leon? Ragdoll. You couldn't oh. remember the band name? No. I, and Are you kidding can... me? He's wearing their shirt. I know. Everyone can see that, but just... No one, nobody can see that. We're on a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. Podcasts are an audio medium. Leon always repping his own merch, though, so... So you've been touring the world quite a bit uh, over the years? From time to time. From, from what I hear. Yeah. And it sucks. Apparently, do you know what though? That Part sounds like sucks. a sounds like a pretty good topic for a podcast. Mm, should we? Shall we? So, Leon, yeah, tell us a little bit about the uh, touring life there. I started touring uh, when basically when I joined a band, and you know we're all from Western Australia, and Western Australia is pretty big. Mm. Like just playing a gig oh, in Perth fact. sometimes can feel like a tour. Yep. In fact, you see bands do tours where it's like. Yep, Thursday we're playing in Mindari, and Friday we're playing in Fremantle. Yep, because uh, I mean, to be fair, that's a that's a hefty little chunk of change. It's a long 20, 20 to forty minute drive down the freeway. Exactly. Well, it depends what time of day. That's true. Mm. Hey, could be could be anywhere north of fifty five minutes at the wrong <laughs> time of day. Yeah. So we obviously being in a band, you start doing that stuff, and we the manager we had at the time, it was his bright idea to kind of help us cut our teeth and we did a lot of regional shows mm-hmm. so we would do you know th- two or three nights at a time and we'd go to just about every small town and I always remember the crossover moment was before we'd even toured the east coast we got asked to go and play a festival in America and I remember this because I was laying in my bed in Kalgoorlie so I was on my, I was on my phone and I, I remember getting this email and being like oh we're going to go on tour. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be like the most, this is literally all my dreams come true. And so that was 2012 was the first time we went to the States. And we went back uh, every year after that until 2016. We haven't been back since then. And we've also, we toured Europe in 2016 as well and Australia. So that was a, that was like a high watermark. You get around. Yeah. Fuck the East Coast is what you're saying. Exactly. I think it's um, something that I noticed because I have tagged Lon on a couple of Leon's tours to do some sound and and whatnot. And save the day. Save the day. You moocher. Man of the match it, but uh, not quite. But something that I found really interesting is 
the idea of you can drive, you know, if you're in Dallas and you drive an hour to Fort Worth, it's about that long, right? And that's a completely different city. It's not like, it's not Perth to like Mandurah where, yeah, you you go from like a million people in the city to like, a, say, well, I don't know what Mandurah say, 50,000, but it's probably about like a lot more than that. 20 in Mandurah, 20 yeah. people. Or Kalgoorlie, seven hours and you get like 30, 40,000 people. It's like you, you get from Dallas, which has got millions of people and an, an hour up the road, Fort Worth, millions of people. And then you drive three hours to Houston and you've got- millions of people. people it's like it's a completely different sort of world and i think that's the weird thing about uh certainly western australia because i i really do hate the phrase most isolated city in in the world but it is true no definitely definitely and i mean europe on top of that as well is like you can drive you know a short distance and be in a different country with people speak a different language and have a different set of cultural practices and Whereas here, it's, yeah, you go an hour down the freeway and you're still on the freeway. Yeah. And I guess the hard thing being over here in Perth is if you do want to move out into a a larger audience and you you want to leave Western Australia, then that's a pretty expensive plane trip right to the other side of the country. Yeah. It's it's almost like, does touring suck or does Perth suck? Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, the age old question. Why not both? So why, well, why does touring suck? It's kind of like a... uh, it's a bipolar experience, I think, because if you think of your your everyday life when you're at home and, you know, if you're, you're holding down a stable job or something like that, you there's, there's not much deviation from that norm. And I think touring is only deviation from the norm. So it's either the best time you've ever had, and that's probably 25% of the time, or it's just a grind and it's really, really testing. You, you realize how attached to sort of everyday amenities and comfort you are, I think. And obviously, so you've you've spent most of your time touring with the same uh, few guys in your band, correct? Yeah, pretty much exclusively with the with the same two two dudes. So, so how do you if you like if it's so trying and testing? How do you keep it going when you're like seventy percent of the time you're hating life? I think it, I think it's mostly self inflicted in that case because for that you know twenty five thirty percent of the time that you're like at a gig. And some people have come down and they're buying your stuff and they're telling you how great you are and it sounds good on stage and you play a good gig and then you hang out and you just act like an absolute idiot. We had a saying on tour, which was no parents. And it, it really is like, you know, when you're a kid and you might have some of your mates over for a sleepover and I don't know, your mum's like, all right, I have to go down to the shops to, you know, buy some flour to make pancakes for your little rats in the morning. And she's gone for 20 minutes and you just go berserk. <laughs> It's sort of like there's just this consensus where no, nobody says, hey, we should do stupid stuff, but it just happens. And uh, that's, that's what it's like. So that you pay, you pay for that berserkness where you're like, oh, we're having a good time. How good is this? Like, it's just us. We're, we're good friends. And that wasn't that a great gig? And everyone's telling you that it's awesome. And especially in America and especially in the Midwest, you're this exotic quantity. Australians are exotic quantities? Oh, in- incredible. Like you can walk into a Walmart and this has happened to us before where, you know, you're there to like buy some cookies or something. Again, because no parents, you know, you don't eat properly. And, you know, you-, you talk to the cashier and they're like, oh my God, where are you guys from? And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're from Australia. And they'll call over their manager and the manager's like, oh my God, Australia. Wow. I've always wanted to go there, but there's no way I'd go there because you have all these things that'll kill you. By the way, you guys should check out our totally affordable range of firearms and nunchucks that we sell here. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, animals aren't that scary compared to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you find that 
when you toured, Dan? Because you've, you've toured as well a fair bit, right? Yeah, Europe, Japan. Fa- found what? That people love Australians? Yeah. Well, I think my band sucked so much that people were like, let's get out of Dodge. <laughs> no, but there was a lot of... Um, when you tour for extended periods of time, people start getting on your nerves and... Like there'd be, you know, jokes would turn into big arguments. Like things that yep. would, you know, otherwise be harmless become long-standing feuds and, and so stuff what, like that. What was the longest tour that you went on? What was the longest time you spent away with, um, with bandmates and everything? Four weeks in Europe, mm-hmm. and that was fun. But by the end of it, like you know, something so simple as putting cashew shells in someone's sleeping bag becomes a big deal, and you think it's funny at the time, and then yeah. Yeah, I think hell it, breaks loose. It is that thing of like, you know, parents are kind of there for a reason. So to have have mum and dad go to the shops for like, you know, an hour and you get to up to as much mischief as you can. It but is I, it is fun. And then when you're like, fuck, someone really needs to be in charge of this and and keeping the monkeys in line sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Because it's um And normally I mean, we've had Troy come on two tours with us. That's normally his job. Yeah, there was maybe the first tour was a little bit harder, but the the other one was not too bad, realistically, because I, I think I was just a little bit more mature and I just took things a little bit easier and didn't take things to heart. I think that was the thing that I noticed. And it's not just with you guys. Yeah. like I've done some touring with other bands. I've done some touring with- um, Me. With you. And you booked your own fucking room. I did. We, we all had a room together and Troy went out and got a separate room. <laughs> He's learned. <laughs> He's I, learned I, I did. from his experience with Ragdoll. Yeah, because I think the, t- the touring that I've done is a lot of regional stuff like Leon. I've done a lot of regional stuff with Leon where we've gone out with um, as a trio, but also going into state and touring with original bands. I've never toured uh, my own personal original music. I've always been playing with other people. So... For that reason, it's kind of like, you know, Dan, when we went away... To play Simpsons songs. To play Simpsons songs. And it was three nights and I'm like, ah, oh, there's literally just someone sleeping on the floor and I'm 30 years old and I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I can afford a hundred bucks in this situation right Ooh, now. Oh, Mr. Moneybags. Yeah, Mr. Moneybags for one Ooh, night to go garage. sleep in a room. <laughs> so, I mean, like, so that that's that kind of touches on, I guess, some of the more negative parts of touring like specifically when you're in close quarters sleeping on floors yep um have you got deprived yeah have you got any examples of just horror stories on the road or things that just oh yeah that that was a yeah (laughs) this is gonna be good i i I reckon the absolute low point was we played in a town called denton texas it turns out the venue was a pizza bar but it had a basement that bands would play shows in Totally not the right venue for us. And I remember being sick and everybody was just like cranky and tired. And it was a Tuesday night and literally no one came to this gig. It wasn't advertised. The people we were staying with came and you're playing on a concrete floor. I remember the sound desk was like so thickly coated with dust. Yeah, it was rubbish. But like, you know, it, it looked mummified. And uh, yeah, it was just absolutely rubbish. And like the payment for the gig was half a pizza each and maybe a, maybe a free soft drink. And during the gig, our drummer broke his bass drum pedal. <laughs> so right, like, yeah. It was a at net what, loss. Out of rage or just I think just, it just went. I yeah, think. it just went, you know, and we were just there. We're like, well, you know, we have to fulfill our contractual obligations and do this Got to get that pizza. Yeah, it was just like absolutely low morale at that point. And so- Everyone was on each other's nerves. and But then at that point, sucked. the 25, 30% of what makes touring worth it is no longer there. Yeah. So and literally, it was, just, it, was just, it was just a bad gig. 
you know? And then I think- At the time, we didn't know that that was a thing. The first show we ever played outside of our home state was a festival headlined by- like In America? People. In America, yeah. This festival called Rocklahoma. And we were on a side stage, but- you know, we like got up and did our thing. And the next thing you sign an autographs and sign them boobs. And I remember just somebody came up to me and said, oh, hey, really cool show. And they were wearing the T-shirt of a prominent alcohol brand. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're doing signings. If you guys want to do something, I was like, yeah, for sure. You know, so the next thing we did this signing at this booth. Uh, I think the band after us who were going to do a signing were like, hell yeah, or something. And there's just us, like, you know, literally just nobodies from Australia. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll sign all these people's stuff. No one knew who we were, but it's like there's this ritual in America where it's like uh, Americans just love, like, crowding around people. It's like, oh, obviously this is a thing. So it was like that, and then, you know, a week later we're in this basement with nobody. So it's that, like, total bipolar thing. And that was probably the low point, and it happened really early in the game, and I think we all managed to learn a lot from that i mean that like first tour that we did wasn't well planned and i guess we just kind of survived and when leon says they survived like we survived a hurricane uh what a tornado tornado sorry the story you tell (laughs) yeah there was a what happened like we were out at guitar center buying gear for this gig i think it was yeah and and it was just kind of like we were staying with this guy who was a friend of a friend it was like you can stay at my house we're just like in, this was in Oklahoma City. So we're just like walking around the city and, you know, there's some storm clouds and stuff. And we're like, oh, it's looking like it's going to rain. This guy we're staying with is like, we got to go. We're like, what do you mean? Like it started to drizzle and we were like, mate, you know, in Perth, it's one of the windiest cities in the world. You know, like, you know, just, <laughs> just little smart ass. And he was like, no, we really got to go. And it felt like five minutes later, we're like on the freeway and we're in Twister and there's cars like zigzagging. It was just like anarchy. Yeah. The cows flying across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, this guy's got the radio on cranked with like Tornado FM. Yeah. Tornado. <laughs> and it's like, it was probably would have been about 6.30 at night and kind of like quite dark, you know, when you get like that real gray, like the, the sun's almost gone down. So it just felt really weird. And it's like loud outside and it's just terror. Hail, it-, it was hailing hardcore. And we're just all in there like, ha, 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 yeah, it's all going to be fine. And I always remember there was this bridge and everyone's like trying to park under the bridge. And as we pulled up to this bridge, the hail got like 10 times more intense and all these cars started skidding on the road behind us. You know, there's just those times in your life where you're like, one thing can go wrong and this is going to be really, really, really bad. So it was just like, just moment of tension. So things like that. And I, I remember Troy... You'd always plan to just go traveling. And as always happens, you just meet some people. We've met these twin girls and we were staying with these other people. And it was like, <laughs> it was like a sitcom, this house, because everybody who, was, who, who had moved into this, they were all in their like 40s and up. And it was a share house and they'd all like been divorced or, you know, like their lives had just fallen apart. But like they had found each other and they'd formed a band. So they were like, this is our, this is like our shot, like finally. And, you know, like life's dealt us lemons and we're going to form a band. And we, I can't remember if we did a gig with them. And they were just kind of like a rock and roll band. You know, they were really, really funny. But all they wanted to do was fucking party. Like they they partied and we were these like, we were just soft. They'd be like, come on, like dickhead, like have another, you know, I don't drink, but the other two guys do. They're like, go on, have another shot. And we were like, now nah, we've had our, our four standards, you know, <laughs> right, time to go to bed. And they were like, you don't go to bed in this house. So we wanted to get out of there. And I remember... We drove to Paris, Texas, 
um, to just stay with these girls. And it's like, we showed up and they lived on like a ranch with horses. And they're like, oh, we've got to like, we hear like coyotes. I'm going to get in this like, like something out of a movie. I've got this four wheeler. So I'm going to go like shoot at them. What? At them or near them? Oh, like, we don't want to kill them because you're not allowed to, but we'll just shout, like, shoot near them. So it's like, this girl's got a gun, and the next thing, I'm on the back of this four-wheeler, and I hear gunshots, and she was like, oh, maybe that's, like, the neighbor shooting at them. And, like, I come back, and there's one of the guys in the band, like, with this the biggest rifle I've ever seen, just like, oh, so this is how a gun works, like, just <laughs> let it off rounds. And I always remember going to bed. They were, like, these tiny little girls, and they had these gigantic beds and they're like, you know, these beds will literally sleep three people. So you guys will go and sleep in our rooms and you guys can have a bed for the band. And I remember uh, yes, our drummer- the old band bed. Oh. <laughs> and I remember Cam, our drummer, like getting into his pajamas. As he got into bed, he like stubbed his toe on something. He was like, oh, what's that? And it, like something out of, again, something out of like a movie, like he just reaches down under the bed and pulls out a shotgun. And he's just holding the shotgun. And then we push the door close and there's another gun behind the door. <laughs> and there were just like guns everywhere in this house. And it's like, what's the deal here? And they're like, yeah, we live here with our mum, but like she works in another town. So she's often not here. So, you know, we just, it's just what you do, right? Guns in the spare room, money on the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. That, so, yeah, very, very strange. And like, you know, have you guys ever ridden a horse before? This one doesn't have a saddle on, but it's not that bad. So, you know, I, I think there's still a video of me just riding a horse to like a journey song or something. See, but this all sounds pretty cool. This was cool. Yeah, it was. That That's the good part about it. But then I remember maybe the year after or another year being at a show, which was cool, where this guy was just tearing our merch down. <laughs> Why? Well, that's what I asked. And, I, and then he... he he just clearly wanted to fight somebody. And it's like, you know, normally if someone was doing that here, you'd just be like, you tell them to fuck off and you'd look at the security guard and they would get rid of him. And it's like, you're in that kind of situation where this guy's telling me he used to be in the military, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, this guy's probably got a gun. Like, you know. Yeah. I can't escalate this. Like, you, you, you kind of have slightly less dickheads because of it. But once you cross the dickhead threshold, then it's anarchy, which is scary. When yeah. you're from Queens Rocks, Western Australia. <laughs> and you don't sleep with a shotgun under your bed. Yeah, it's that. <clears throat> it exactly. Is that, that sort of weird trade-off, like all these like crazy new experiences. But you think, I live in a nice house. I have a nice job. I have a nice life. I can get back to that and not get fucking shot in the head. I like swimming at the beach. That's the thing I'd like to do, you know, unassisted from time to time. Yeah. I think in... In hindsight, a lot of this is pretty fun. I, and I do like this for the story aspect, but going through it, this is something that I found when I, touring I've done, where I'm just like, I'm fucking miserable half the time. I'm just like, this, I'm sleeping on a floor and there's cat hair and dog hair everywhere and I can't get to sleep because it's fucking loud. And I. You know what sucks? The dog smell. Yeah. Yeah, dog smell. Actually, one time on tour, uh, we stayed at someone's house and there was just a drawer full of hair. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, wow. what? That that shows me for going through some random stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, like like I said, you get the best of the best. Sometimes you just show up and someone's like, do you want to stay at my house? And you go to their house and it's a mansion and they're a bazillionaire and they, they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, help yourself. I'll be right back. I'm just going to go down the road and, you know, chat with my buddy. And they come back three hours later and you're like, 
well, I've discovered that they have a sauna and a spa bath <laughs> and that this works. And then other times it's like you're doing the Troy thing where it's like, man, I'm just going to book a hotel. And after a while, you learn that that's a good idea. Because well, it's part of it's the uncertainty, right? Just yes. not knowing what's next. And yep, big that's time. part of the anxiety and the just there's no escape. The only time you might escape is when you're in the, in the bathroom and that could be a shit show. Because it might be there might be dog hair everywhere and yeah, or the or- shit the showers doesn't get hot or it burns you or there's just no consistency in it. I remember, I remember going to uh, the first gig we played in Europe was in Switzerland. It's like the best gig ever. This gig did not suck, but um, they had these showers with like five shower heads. So there's imagine your standard shower and you're standing in the shower and a shower head that points at your navel. And then, like, a shower head that points at each of your butt cheeks. <laughs> but it was, like, the most searing hot water ever. <laughs> and everything came on at once, like, at a bazillion degrees. So, I went to go and, like, take this shower and everything just burnt me. But then it was on and I, like, couldn't get back in to reach the, like, the <laughs> nozzle because everything was so hot. So, there's just this, like, steaming hot shower just going and it's, like, you know... I've got second degree burns on my ass cheeks or whatever. And it's like, what do I do? Because I don't want to flood the room. Just leave. Just leave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We had um, one place we stayed in Europe. There was this, this bathtub in the middle of the, ba- like the bathroom. And there was all this fiberglass sheeting around it that we had to move out before we could use the bath. And I, I didn't touch it, but the guys who moved it all of a sudden had like irritated skin. Oh, and, God. Like- <laughs> I mean, again, it's all that stuff. It's so funny. In hindsight, to like relive a lot but of these at the stories, time it but sucks. And the, and the thing is, like, we're laughing about this now, but there's some people who like who still that fiberglass is probably still there. This. Yeah, and but there's people that still tour like this, and that's their life, and they're going to be doing this for the next forty years. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like, you look at a lot of like roadies uh, or, or you know just general like tech people. So band people aside, where it's like, yeah, that's that's their life. I, I know they don't, they don't get the glory of being <laughs> on stage or the rush. They just yeah, it's just it's a, a job slog. and it's a yeah, different. It's- Really like, hard. The worst thing that I reckon ever happened to me was um, I have eczema. So I just need to like manage my skin. I need to like, I need to wash my skin every day and I need to like apply a mild topical ointment every day. Otherwise, I look like a reptile. Uh, and when we went to Europe, I forgot the stuff. Oh, no. And here, you can go into most pharmacies and buy like a mild version of the stuff and like get by. That's mm. happened before. For the life of me, I just could, couldn't find this stuff for like the first week I was there. And then they were like, oh, no, no, that's a prescription only thing. And it's like, we weren't in one place long enough for me to like go to a doctor. So, yeah, I just looked like a strange, lizard like man. sunburnt lizard man. Yeah, it was so bad. Well, that, that's it's so hard as well. Like if you're someone touring with, I don't know, diabetes or yeah. something like, uh, you know, like you said, you, you, you don't have time to go to the doctor. So what happens when you're feeling sick or you, if you've got like an ongoing illness or something that's... Yeah. Did you did you ever get sick on like on tour? Like all the time. Yeah. It just happens because you're like, why does this happen as someone who's just come off stage and you're really sweaty and humid and then you just got people telling you how awesome you are or how much you suck and like hugging you and shaking your hand and... You don't know. You don't know like where their hands have been for the rest of the night. You know, probably like scratching their sweaty balls for half the night, and then they're mm. like, "Hey, man, that was great. Yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, I want you to like." So yeah, you just get crook all the time. That's another thing, I guess. If you're in these countries, so someone could say, 
how can touring suck if you're in America or Europe for four weeks, seeing all these places? And but it's different when you're you don't even have time to go see a doctor, or you know you go city to city to city. You're sick all the time. It's you just want to go home the whole time. You're just sort of feeling like this isn't worth it. Why? And plus, also like financially, it can be hard to justify for a lot of bands too. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're an independent band, it's like you're not going to make money. The best we ever did was break even. And I remember the second time we went to the States, we went for eight weeks and I was just putting stuff on my card, you know, like we just burnt through money and we, it was good. We like sold out a merch. So we ordered more merch, but you could only order like a bulk amount and it arrived right at the end of the tour. So we had all this stuff that we'd paid for and we had like one gig to sell it and it was the worst gig of the tour. So we sold like a pick. Uh, so we had all this stuff we had to, and yeah, I remember getting back home and like looking at it and being like, wow, we have to make like, you know, 15 or 20 grand really quickly. How do you justify touring then? If it's, if it's a drag 70% of the time, you're losing money, you're away from home. Like I said, that 30% kind of makes it, it break, it? that 30% makes it break even, I think. Mm, I don't know. What you're saying is hap- happiness is the only <clears throat> currency I need. Yeah, exactly. No, really. I mean, I think I think for me, what I realized was I think I attached a lot of my self-worth to the fact that I was... It's like, you know, you got to do this to get respect. Like, you're not worth anything as a musician unless, um, unless you do Unless you're this getting stuff. paid two slices of pizza and a... <laughs> yeah, oh, just you got to be on tour. you got to do this yeah, kind of true. thing. It's more of like an, an image thing than anything yeah, else. Yeah, like- and I, th- I think you get it so drilled into your head by the like propaganda around music and especially by people who haven't done it where it's like you know that old saying it's like yeah you got to make it kind of thing and when you get in that situation where you're like ah we better do it and then you you almost like don't want to face the fact that it kind of sucks most of the time Mm. and especially if you you know you you get a bit older and it's like you know you got a family or something it's like this is probably a really poor use of my time because you play a 45 minute gig and you spend the other 23 and a bit hours literally doing nothing like yeah. waiting feeling you're, sick you're not developing you're not like writing songs you're not practicing you're probably getting worse i always felt like i got worse at guitar on tour really even though you're playing like like 20 nights in a row there would be i always remember there was one part of one song which was like tricky and i just got worse at it as the tour went on and then i like psyched myself out about the part where it was like, okay, now I have to practice this. And then I didn't have time to practice it properly. So the next time I played it, I'd like half unlearned it. It was, it was just dumb. Now I just don't practice and it's great. Yeah, you just record all those YouTube videos and that's your, uh, your practice, hey? Yeah, exactly. And the, the weird thing as well is like doing guitar stuff on YouTube. So many people watch that and if they like it, they hear the band and they're like, this is sick. This is exactly what I want to listen to. You guys are great. Have you ever thought about touring America? And it's like, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably uh, a good place to wrap it up, eh? So I'd like to thank Mr. Leon Todd from the band Ragdoll. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find Ragdoll at facebook.com slash ragdollrock and on Instagram ragdoll underscore rock i'm leon underscore ragdoll on instagram and i'm leon todd on youtube when are you going back to america yeah well you can you can message me on any of the platforms that i'm on and i respond to just about everybody well thank you very much leon you can find me troy nababan on instagram on the twits and you can find me uh at all good bookstores now uh thank you so much (laughs) that sucks 
Presented by Handshake Media. We'll see you next time. Almost an unbelievable